listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today, in a moment, I'm going to take you into Revelation for a second, and then we're going to look at seven uh, things that are already in place right now. People always wonder, and they're like, how could these, uh, how could these grand scheme Bible prophecies ever really come to pass? How could it really happen? Um, because it seems so far-fetched to some, and, and listen, years back, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, preachers were laughed at for preaching this kind of stuff. And they, you know, people thought they were insane for even mentioning these kinds of things. Who was first today, by the way, Liz, faithful Liz Mendez in the house. Good morning to everybody. I'm going to jump in because we have a lot to talk about. So, but people thought you were insane and I'm glad you're all on. Please take a minute to share it for preaching one world uh, government, one world monetary system, one world control, all of that, that, you know, nations like America would be brought down. People thought you were a nut job for preaching that kind of stuff. Uh, and for, and and for looking at Bible prophecy and talking about it doesn't seem so far fetched now though, does it? These things don't seem that far fetched now, uh, because you're seeing how quickly things can change. Um, in our society. And we've seen them change that quickly. Uh, so I want to, I'm going to break these things down for you. Maybe you'll heard, hear some things that you've never heard before, but it'll help you to study it for yourself. I'm not propagating any, any one thought process or one, uh, source. I want, I actually want you to take time to look at these things for yourself and to have the facts for yourself. I'll reference a few uh, books that you can buy. Um, that are not speculation. These are written by the people that we are talking about today. These books that I'm going to reference are written by the people that we're talking about. So, um, I want to, I want to deal with this. This is not by in any, by any means to, uh, strike fear in your heart or anything like that. This is to show you how close we are to the coming of Christ and how we should be urgent in our work to bring in the lost and to see people changed by God's power, when you see how it could be possible that we could be very close uh, to the end. And it doesn't even matter. Let me, give you, let me give you something else. It really doesn't even matter what type of, uh, what I'm teaching today, I mean, doesn't really matter what type of eschatological belief that you hold. You could believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. You could believe in a post-tribulation rapture, pre-millennial, post-millennial, whatever. But one of the things that's very interesting is that we know Christ is coming back. No matter how you believe about the end times, one thing that everyone has to agree on is the fact that Jesus is coming back. He is coming back. He said that he would. Bible prophecy states it. Uh, And so we believe it, that there is going to be the return of Christ. And we uh, we talk about it as though it's imminent as that, as though it's close because no, no man, Jesus said, knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. So we live like it's today, right? 
and uh, we plan as though he's coming back. Uh, doesn't mean we live irresponsibly. Doesn't mean we do crazy things like some of, you know, I'm just going to rack up credit card debt and leave it for the Antichrist and his crowd. We don't do that kind of foolish stuff, but we are living our lives in light of eternity as though Christ could return today. Now, the things that we see in Bible prophecy, and if you have your Bible, because in a minute I'm going to read it, and I'm going to give you seven things. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read to you from Revelation chapter 13. And um, I'm going to um, show you how these things could truly come to pass if it was going to happen this week, next week, this year. And what things are already happening, already in place, that would facilitate these kinds of Bible prophecies. And it's very interesting because Bible prophecy is one of the most amazing elements that God has ever given us. I mean, some that have talked about Bible prophecy that aren't even Christians, secularists have referred to it as history written ahead of time. Bible prophecy is an amazing subject. You know, the the accuracy, I won't take the time to talk about all of the accuracy, but the accuracy with which the Holy Spirit predicted things that would come to pass is mind blowing, not just to the average man, but to the Christian as well, to see down to the day, down to the hour in certain uh, circumstances uh, that these things came to pass. It's mind blowing. The prophecies about Jesus, you know, where you see that, uh, it's impossible that any man from history could have fulfilled all these and how he fulfilled many of them within the final hours of his life. It's mind blowing. And so if you ever doubted whether or not the Bible is the inspired and inerrant word of God, which we don't doubt, I know that the word of God is inspired and inerrant. Uh, Bible prophecy should be one of the big uh, markers for you that shows you how No man could have put this together. No human in their own mind. In fact, the Bible tells us that. Uh, And by the way, that would be a good place to start right before we go to Revelation 13, because uh, it's important to understand that this is not human in nature. This Bible is supernatural in nature. It's not human. And so I want to read you, of course, Second Peter chapter one, verses 20 and 21, where the Bible says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Get this, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is very plain about the fact you go to, you know, uh, second Timothy chapter three, 16 and 17 Bible's very plain. All scripture proceeded from the mouth of God. He breathed it out inspired. And then here we see no man ever decided what would go in the word that they, these men spoke from God and he, by the Holy spirit, carried them along to write what they wrote. And that's what we have in our hands. We have the inspired inerrant, uh, second Peter chapter one, Janine verses 16 and 17. And then it's second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17. So, or excuse me, it's second Peter chapter one, verses 20 and 21. The other passage was second Timothy three, 
16 and 17. So these things are truly supernatural. You, you can't explain away the mighty word of God. It's, it's amazing. It's a miracle in our hands. No question about that. I'm going to give you uh, now revelation is referred to as apocalyptic literature. It does take some interpretation, <clears throat> but some things are plainly seen. And I'm going to start reading with uh, the first verse. Um, yeah, and I'll take you down through probably the fourth or fifth verse. Then we're going to jump to verse 11 and down. So listen to this now describing uh, the Antichrist, describing the end of time here. It's very mind blowing to see what the Bible predicts. Revelation chapter 13, I'm starting in verse number one. Listen to this. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with 10 horns and seven heads with 10 diadems on its horns and blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard and its feet were like a bear's and its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Notice that. So Satan giving authority to the Antichrist. Verse three, one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast and they worshiped the dragon for he had given his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? So let me stop there. That's, that's verse four. Let me stop there and just kind of give you a little bit of commentary. Many Bible scholars that look at these passages suggests that this means that at some point during what some would call the tribulation, the antichrist will look to have been assassinated. That's, that's what some believe from this passage. He'll take a mortal wound to the head and it will appear as though now some people believe it'll just appear as though he's been assassinated and then he'll be resurrected or others believe he'll actually be assassinated and be resurrected, that the Lord will allow that to happen for the purposes of Bible prophecy. Because remember, he's trying to mirror the anti of what Christ did. And so in the same way Christ was killed and resurrected, the antichrist will follow suit on the other side, the, the, the side of darkness. So you see, and, and Bible scholars say, well, it may appear as though he was assassinated and be raised up. Others believe he actually will be. And many that I've read say they believe that he actually will be killed and raised up again. And notice the response, though. I want you to notice the response of the people who see it happen, because it won't be a few people. In fact, the Bible says, and the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. So that miraculous resurrection will be a huge deception, not to a few people, according to scripture here, to the whole earth, to the whole earth. And they'll see that resurrection and say, wow, who is like the beast? Who can fight against the beast? This is, 
This is what we're seeing here from scripture. And so we're setting here the foundation for you to understand that this is uh, Bible prophecy that the antichrist empowered by the devil, Satan himself will at some point receive a mortal wound of the head. The Bible says, and be raised back up and people will be blown away and follow after the beast. Now let's move on down uh, to verse number 11. So now I'm in revelation 13 and verse number 11. Yes, I have seen that Jordan crazy. Verse 11 says, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth and it had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now look at that. Even the statue by demonic power, catch this. Even the statue that they build representing the beast. The Bible says that by, by demonic miraculous power, they will even make the statue talk and make the statue take actions. And look what it does. And it will cause those who would refuse to worship the beast, the image of the beast, to be killed, to be killed. Verse 16, also, it causes all people, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is the name of the beast or the number of his name. That used to make people think, well, that's just, maybe that's just uh, some kind of a uh, allegory. Maybe it's just, and really when you look at 2021 and going into 2022, you're not thinking that that's so far-fetched anymore, are you? Because how many places, now you look around the world, far different story, more strict than here. But if you're watching from the United States or listening from the United States, uh, you went into places, I'm sure, where they wouldn't let you in. They would not let you in unless, you know, you had your mask. And there's places that wanted to request a vaccination passport, which has been shot down largely in the U.S., but in other nations, they're doing it. I don't know if you've seen uh, what's going on in Sweden and nations like that, uh, but they're actually... Uh, receiving, people are sending me these every day. Uh, they're receiving the proof of vaccination into their hand. Now I'm not saying that's the mark of the beast. I'm saying, do you see how easy it is now? Uh, put a hand up in the comments. If you've seen any of these, uh, articles showing that people in Sweden are now receiving their vaccination, uh, proof of vaccination into their hand. 
as some sort of an RFID chip or something that they don't have to remember uh, to bring from home or put in their wallet. I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. Jess is right. It's definitely the framework. So today what I'm talking about is the framework. And Jess hit the nail on the head with that uh, term because that's, that's exactly what uh, I'm talking about. We're not talking about the fact that we're there. We're not in the midst of the tribulation, anything like that. I'm talking about the framework because if there's anybody that ever thought, well, these things can't happen. That stuff must be all allegory. That stuff is just, no, no, no. You can see, and I want to show you seven things that we can look at right now in the natural realm that we could see are anti-Christ thoughts, anti-Christ actions, anti-Christ movements to begin to bring these things to pass. And again, if you are jumping on, you really need to share this today because it's a very important thought uh, that every one of us needs to have our eyes open to this and know what's going on and realize why it's so, why it would be so easy if the, especially if the church was moved out of the way. I mean, imagine that the church was moved out of the way today. How easy, how easy. And Tiff, I don't know, do you still have the, the video uh, that I played that one time from the World Economic Forum? Okay, if you have it, if you can add it back in, that's cool, we'll watch it. If not, uh, I'll just talk about it. Um, wow, that's amazing. Jess said, that's the only reason my religious exemption was approved. They denied thousands and approved mine because I could clearly articulate how it was the framework for the mark of the beast. And they allowed... Uh, they allowed uh, her exemption. Yeah. Or the number of his name. I see what you're saying, Cynthia. The mark of the beast or the number of its name. And again, as the Bible says, it takes wisdom to understand these things. So I'm not trying to say today what the mark of the beast is or the number of his name. I'm not trying to define any of that. What I'm just trying to show you is the framework of what's going on uh, in the world today, we can clearly see this. So seven things, I want you to write them in the comments. I want you to understand why I'm talking about them the way I am. But for example, take this thought, take this thought. Why do you think, and my uncle Tiff Shuttlesworth, who's done so much teaching uh, and preaching on end times Bible prophecy, um, has mentioned this and done series on it, done sermons on it. But why do you think that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. Did you ever wonder, why is it that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy? That's the one there. Um, and he gives some reasons that, that could be, be very possible. Maybe America's not around at that time. Could be that. And so there's, there's multiple things we could talk about, but it almost seems, and I'm gonna discuss this today, it almost seems that what if America, as we know it, was not around at that time? What if it wasn't around? What if it was absorbed as the part, a part of another nation? And Mike, we'll put that name of that broadcast up for you in a moment. But we want to get this, this video ready so you guys can see it before we jump into the seven. But 
What if that was the case for those of you listening and watching? What if by that time, America was not around as an independent nation? What if it was either brought down, conquered, or what if it was absorbed uh, by another nation? Or what if they, uh, as they tried to do in the past with our currency, what if, like, like with the EU, what if there was some form of, form of like European Union uh, and they did that with North America? You see what I mean? And so <clears throat> it's very interesting. But this, is, this video that I, that I want to show you is from the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum, um, <laughs> very interesting group as they quote unquote decide the future of the world. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it today, but this is a, something they had called Agenda 2030. What's going to happen? What would we expect life to be like by 2030? This video, which they quickly took down, but people, the internet's forever, so people took hold of it, copied it, uh, kept it, all that stuff. And so we have a copy of it. I'm going to play it for you. And you tell me what you think when you see this is what their plans are for uh, 2030. Insane. But uh, hey, Ashley, so if you have it, Tiff, you can play it and then we'll talk about it. You see all the things that they're talking about. You'll own nothing and be happy about it. You won't eat very much meat. It'll be more of a treat. You won't be able to eat it every day. All those different things. All the things they're talking about will have to do a much better job of those that are displaced, you know, and I'll, and I'll break all this down. We're going to put that mic up. I did a, I did a different broadcast where we talked about, um, a lot of these different antichrist things. I played multiple videos, multiple, uh, news, news broadcast, things like that. Um, we'll put that in the comments for you, but I want to deal with these seven things today because one of the things that you have to understand is that if these things are going to take place, they have to have a methodology in place for it to happen. Can't just randomly happen. You have to do something. You have to be able to do something with the people that allows this one world system to come to pass. So how do you have an antichrist agenda? How do you have a one world system that you can bring to pass and people be okay with it? People, people have to be okay with it. You realize that you don't want the people to revolt. Um, think about, you know, the 1700s people were not even, uh, satisfied with something far less intrusive, uh, taxation without representation, you know, and we revolted against Britain and, and, you know, we weren't going to live with taxation without representation. It wasn't going to happen. So we revolted. Well, you had the revolutionary war. Only reason we could do that is because we had weapons. <laughs> you understand? And so we made up our minds. We're not going to be controlled in that way. And so as a result, uh, we won that and we're free today. And it seems to me like the freedom is getting a lot less free, as you can tell. So let's break these seven things down. You, you can put them in the comments. Um, number one, the first thing you can clearly see when they were talking about um, doing a better job with displacing refugees and things like that, um, you can see this war on borders right? You can see this war on borders. It's happening in Canada. It's happening in the United States. Justin Trudeau in Canada let so many, so many unvetted Muslims that were, that were, you know, call them displaced refugees into the nation. 
tons. Uh, there were those in our nation that wanted to do the same exact thing, open borders. Well, the problem is once you have open borders, you no longer have a sovereign nation anymore. The moment you just have wide open borders, the, mo- the moment you just start letting people flood in, you don't have a sovereign nation anymore. And the problem with that is, is you can't begin to then do, so think of it this way. Why is America not mentioned in Bible prophecy? Why are we not there? What if one of the reasons was, is the independent status of our nation was stripped, that we were no longer a strong independent nation, which I don't believe that will be because I believe we'll be actually stripped down to nothing, which you can't, you can't even, I've made jokes about it in the past, but how can you look at the things that are going on and think, well, we've got the smartest people in the world in charge of these things. How can we have the smartest people in the world in charge and be in the kind of debt that we're in as a nation? How can, our, how can this economy uh, be so unstable looking forward that there are, there are economists that believe that it will have to crash? How can you sustain an economy with that kind of debt when you realize all the things that are going on. And then where are we getting this money that we're sending hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to other nations? I mean, it's like, if you're, if you're in so much debt, where are you getting all that money? And where's that? Where I've joked often, if you want to see that debt paid off in just a few years, put Chick-fil-A in charge of the national debt. You won't see it anymore, but look at these things. Let me give you these. Number one is borders. I want you to write that in the comments. Number one is borders. This, uh, this thought process, this mindset that there shouldn't be these strictly closed borders. And I'm telling you, people think that. Why do you think there were so many that were upset when the borders got closed down in 2020, uh, when President Trump was still in office and there were people that were so ticked off that he would make those decisions to, to lock our borders down in the middle of a pandemic. And people were like, I don't understand. He's, he's heartless. People are trying to get into our nation. It's like, uh, why do you think they're mad? Why do you think they're mad when he talked about building a wall? Why do you think they're mad when we try to uh, have those kinds of things for ourselves? Because the Antichrist agenda is not more. You know, you ever hear all these people? Love doesn't put up walls. Love builds bridges. Yeah, you ever hear people say that kind of stuff? Love doesn't build, put up walls. Love builds bridges. Okay, if that's what you really believe, then... Uh, you obviously don't believe in God because the Bible says God is love. He is the personification of love. And look at God, look at God empowering Nehemiah to do what? Build walls around God's city, (laughs) build the walls. There were people that tried to stop him from building the walls. Who were those people? Sanballat and Tobiah. They were anti-God men that wanted to have Nehemiah come down off the wall so that they could kill him and stop him from completing the construction of the wall. Oh yeah, it was God that had a plan for those walls to be rebuilt. You realize heaven has walls and gates. (laughs) I don't know if you've read the Bible, but heaven has walls and gates. Their immigration policy is very, very strict in heaven. You can't just come in. You can't cross over illegally. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? God's not against demarcation. He's not against demarcation. That is exactly how he functions and operates. Distinction. 
Distinction. We've talked about that. God makes a distinction between his people and everybody else. Do you know why he brought Jericho's walls down? It's because he had already commanded his people and destined his people to take over. You understand? So this elimination of borders is, a, is really a demonic thing. It is a, an antichrist thing. It's a one world thing to try to break down the barriers of independent nations. Look how it's going in the European Union. Not well, not well at all. It's a mess. It's a total mess over there. You can't even change the smallest law. I was reading about this the other day. Like the way they have a problem because the way that some trucks are built, like work trucks, their back window is too small. But in order to to approve a truck that has a larger back window has to be approved through all of the uh, European Union. It's like, are are you kidding me? Nothing will ever be done. Nothing will ever be done. This elimination of borders, you see it, people fighting for this all the time, people talking about this all the time, it's demonic. It's demonic. I'm not saying that we shouldn't allow people into our country, of course, but there's a legal way to do it. And there's an illegal way to do it. The illegal way is destructive to our society and to our nation. What do you do when you have people in states, in certain states where they have no way to stop illegal immigrants from voting? I mean, what do you do then? Now your elections are off because you got people that aren't even citizens of the nation voting in the elections. It's a problem. So borders is number one. Um, number two is now, again, if you're, if you're looking at this, what are these things in place that would allow this antichrist agenda to come to pass? This one world system, people all being fully controlled by an antichrist governmental system. Number two is medical dependency. I want you to put that in the comments. Medical dependency. Medical dependency, Medicaid, Medicare, all these things that that are being given by the government. Look in Canada, Canada is all government uh, provided healthcare, medical dependency, because imagine this, okay? I'm just, I'm giving you scenarios. I want you to see, because people are like, how could that stuff ever happen? I'm giving you ways. I'm giving you ways. You break down a nation, you remove its borders. People flood in with a different agenda than your nation's agenda. Number two, medical dependency. What does that mean? What would you do? How would, how would people even function, right? Uh, when they said to you, you can't have anything that we provide governmentally. You can't have any Medicare. You can't have any Medicaid. All these things that we provide. You can't have any of it unless you comply with what we're telling you to do. You can't have it. You need a surgery, we're not allowing it. You need, you need, you need medical care, not allowing it. You need medication, we're not allowing it until you receive this mark. I'm just showing you avenues of what's possible. These things aren't far-fetched, they could happen today. They could happen today. And don't tell me you haven't seen this because you've obviously seen, but think about it. Oh yeah. That's exactly right. Jess said, you see how they're trying to control utilizing Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement withholding it if healthcare facilities don't comply with their rules. You see it's already happening, but what if it happened on the individual level where it's like, you can't have any medication, you can't have any Medicare, Medicaid, you can't have any of that till you comply and receive the mark. You can't do it. 
We will not allow it. We will not allow it. Okay? People say, well, that stuff can't ever happen. It's already happening, my friends. It's already happening. It's already happening. Liz said, I work for that system and the policy changes daily. Lots of rules and need all the details for someone to qualify. It's already happening. So you understand, what if they refused you outright unless you took the mark, unless you bowed to the beast? And that's what the Bible says is going to happen. <laughs> it says the whole world will follow after him. And those that don't worship him, and those that don't just put, put to death. That's what the Bible stated in Revelation 13, put to death. So medical dependency is number two. You've got a, a, an issue where, uh, that's why, I, I listen, you think divine healing is just something to be, um, it's a nice benefit of Christianity. You know, I'm so thankful we have divine healing. Let me tell you, divine healing is for more than just that. You start to realize I don't depend. You can get to that place as a believer where you can stand in faith. I'm not going to depend on any pharmaceutical company. I don't have to depend on a doctor to prescribe a medication. I don't have to depend on a pill, a shot. I don't have to depend on those things. I'm not depending on the system of the world depending on the Lord. And listen, I'm not condemning you by any means. If you take medication, if you need medical care, that's not what I'm doing. I don't want you to think I am. I'm just showing you avenues of how those things could be used by the government that's got an antichrist agenda to control the decisions of a population. It's easily done. It's easily done. That's medical dependency. It's number two. So borders, Number two, medical dependency. Number three, financial dependency. I want you to write that in. Number three, financial dependency. What if there was no more food stamps available for you? What if there was no more uh, welfare available for people? No stimulus checks. I mean, nothing. Nothing that we have provided for the many people in this nation. Nothing is available to you unless you get the mark unless you bow down and worship the beast. Your welfare is cut off. Your stimulus checks are cut off. All of your, um, all of your food stamps cut off. Your EBT cards and all the things they mail out for gas and new school clothes and all the stuff that's available, it's cut off until you have the mark of the beast, until you worship the beast. What a, you think that's out of the, the spectrum of believability? Of course not, of course not. That stuff is so easy to do, so easy to do. I understand. I'm, again, I'm not condemning you. And I'm guessing your name is Kate, so because <laughs> your name is Friends Call Me Kate. I'm not condemning you by any means. Now, does God have a, a better way? Of course. Does he want to bless you abundantly? Of course he does. And you're working hard and you're taking care of that you know, child or children. I understand. This is not a broadcast to condemn those that are in need and those that are on... Uh, receiving help. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just showing you avenues that the enemy could use in order to enforce Bible prophecy on the population of the earth. And medical dependency and financial dependency are two ways, two strong ways that people will fall in line. Let me tell you, if you start telling somebody they can't have their welfare check, they can't have their disability, they can't have their unemployment, they can't have their stimulus, they can't have their food stamps, they can't have their EBT cards or whatever it is. Let me tell you how quickly people will start falling in line because they don't care. They don't care. 
They don't care about getting some mark in their hand as long as they get their, their checks. Don't care about that. They're already doing it in other nations. <laughs> They're already doing it in other nations. If you haven't seen that, it's already happening. And so it's a, it's, it's a form of control. It's a form of manipulation that they make you dependent on them. And then once you are dependent on them, they pull you in the direction they want to pull you because they know you need them. Do you realize these are the same tactics that the cartels use in Central and South America? If you didn't know that. Same tactics used by the cartels in Central and South America. That they'll go into the favelas and they give the population of the favelas just enough convenience, just enough comfort so that the people, the population in those ghettos, in the favelas, will do what they want them to do. Do you think those people in the favelas are ever gonna talk to the police about the cartel's activities back there? Absolutely not. You know why? The cartels provide them with running water, plumbing, food, jobs. And do you think that those people, by the way, never mind the threat of death if you rat on the cartel, do you think those people want, they got little kids back there, they're trying to live their life. Do you think those people are going to give up running water and plumbing and food and jobs so they can tell the police that they don't even know about something that they don't even, uh, they have nothing to do with? And you think, and that's what the cartels do. That's what the cartels do. They give just enough convenience to hook you into their system so that now you're on their side. They'll, you'll never rat on them. You'll let them come in and use your home and use your neighborhood and do what you want to do. It's manipulative control. It's the, the governments are acting like cartels. If you've not seen how that uh, works, that's how it works. They're acting just like cartels using the same methods that cartels use to control populations of people. Fear and manipulation. That's what they do. And, you, and somebody put it in the comments. We already saw it. People running to do what they wanted them to do under threat of losing their job. And there you go. There you go. That's how it functions. It's exactly how it functions. It's exactly how it functions. So elimination of borders, medical dependency, financial dependency. And then here's the other thing. It's not just getting you to be dependent on the government financially. The other thing is to destroy the finances of a nation. <laughs> Some of you sometimes should do just, just Google search for yourself, read up on and study what the CIA would do behind the scenes if they ever needed to destabilize a nation. You should go read that and then see if your mind is blown when you see those same tactics at work in the United States of America. You go read up on what does the CIA do to destabilize a nation that they have to destabilize. Go, go read up on it and then let your mind be blown as you see those same tactics at work in our nation. You gotta destroy a nation financially. Exactly, I agree Dylan. Now, now you, you look at what's going on. 
They have to financially destroy a nation. You can't bring down a prosperous, strong nation. You have to first destabilize it. Well, what are some things you can do to destabilize a nation? Well, first of all, you can get the nation to not be unified anymore. To have uh, so much division within a nation that the population is so focused on where they're divided, they're not even seeing what's going on. So what do you think's going on with all this at the same time? Do you think it's a coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence that at the same time we had all this stuff going on medically, all this, all this stuff happening, you think it's a coincidence that we had at the same time all of the trans stuff happening? All of the LGBTQ stuff happening? Do you think it's, it's a coincidence that we had all the racial stuff happening at the same exact time? So all of these divisions that they're focusing and throwing on the media and all this stuff, the religious stuff, do you think that was all a coincidence? Or do you think that there's a way to destabilize a nation by bringing as much division into one nation as possible? You've got these people up in arms. You've got those people up in arms. You've got uh, gender fights. You've got transgender fights. You've got racial fights. You've got all these different things. You think it's a, it's a coincidence that it was all happening at the same time? It's not. It's not. There's a way to destabilize a nation. And then here you go with financial destabilization. How can a, how can a nation as prosperous as the United States and with as many intelligent people as we have, and with all the resources we produce, how could we be in the kind of debt that we're in? if there wasn't a ploy to destroy this nation financially. How? Explain that. There's a destabilization going on because America and other nations, did you see, did you see on the video? Did you see the World Economic Forum video that we just played a moment ago? What did it say? No longer will a handful of nations be in charge. Yeah, that's what you think. Why? Well, we want to centralize that you know, and we want to put, we want to bring that kind of a, a stabilization across all nations. We want to have it. It's not going to just be China. It's not going to just be the United States. Yeah. That's what you think. <laughs> that's what you think. Oh yeah. We're going to, well, in what world do you live when you think Sweden is going to have, have the same level of power as China? In what world do you live? People don't just give up their power. In what world do you live when you think Norway Trinidad and Tobago, <laughs> Chile is going to have the same power as Russia. In what world are you living? But they want you to think, yeah, it's not going to be a handful of nations anymore. Well, what? It's going to be centralized. One world. One world. You got to destabilize strong nations in order to do that. You have to, or else it doesn't work, doesn't function properly. So that's number four. You see the destabilization of the nation and that includes financial destabilization. So you see borders disappearing, they don't want borders. Medical dependency, financial dependency and national destabilization. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, of course, if no one could see that, Ninja brings up the point, the lockdowns were a tactic to destroy the economy even further. Of yes, I don't know who couldn't see that. You destroy businesses, you put businesses out of business. Right. And so now you got all these uh, privately owned companies that couldn't afford to stay in business. So what happens then? Even more 
uh, corporate control and governmental control. Now you've got more mom and pops, more entrepreneurs, more people, restaurants, everything else going out of business. So who can stay in business? The ones that have the money to make it through those lockdowns. Walmart can keep going. Target can keep going. Amazon can keep going. Google can keep going. Apple can keep going. But notice, these are also all of the companies that are buying up all of the data on all of the people that are in the nations <laughs> so that they know who you are. Now think about this. They know who you are. They know where you live. They know what you do. They know what you like to eat. They know all of the things you own because we put them all on social media. They know where you go. They know what your family does. They know what your children look like. Think about this. They know where your children go to school. They know what your children look like. So let me give you number five. Number five is what Klaus Schwab is calling the fourth industrial revolution, which is your children and my children. Now, if you don't know about this, I want you to think about it. If you don't know about this, let me give you two books that you need to write down uh, that you should know about. The first book is called COVID-19, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab and Thierry Malloray. Just search Klaus Schwab, K-L-A-U-S-S-C-H-W-A-B. Klaus Schwab. The book is called COVID-19, The Great Reset. If you don't know, they've been calling for the Great Reset for a while now. You've not heard that term. You need to look at it. Read the book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. The other book that you need to read is a book, same author, Klaus Schwab, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. He is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. So if you're wondering who Klaus Schwab is, he is the uh, chairman of that video, the, the, the group that released that video that we just played, the World Economic Forum. So the first book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Second book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And they're talking about the fact that the children, the future is the children. If you can control the uh, children, you can control the future, right? (laughs) Aldous Huxley doesn't seem so crazy now, does he? If you've never read A Brave New World by Huxley, he doesn't seem so insane now. (laughs) And if you haven't read it, then go read it. You'll know what I'm talking about. You'll understand what I'm saying. Control the children and you'll control the future. How do you think about this? Because we watch that, right? So let me explain exactly how this works. We watch a video like the one we played, like you'll, you'll, you'll not own anything and you'll be happy about it, right? All these things. You'll not eat meat. You know, all, all the stuff that they said in that video for 2030. Think about who's going to be an adult by 2030. Because that's still, what, eight years from now. We're still eight years away from that, nine years away from that. So think about it. The people that are nine years old now, my daughter Brooklyn, will be 18 by then. Those that are 10 and 11 years old now will be 20 by then. Where are they at now? Middle school, elementary school, high school, 
And what have these places become? Propaganda centers. They've become propaganda centers. If you don't know and see that, my, my, my nephew was telling me yesterday, he said, you know, you wouldn't even believe like my, my school before I graduated, and this was a couple years ago. He said, you wouldn't even believe at my school. He said, the, the cool thing for everybody was for everyone to be gay, everyone to be trans. And he said, now they've got these, these other things now. He said, which he said, I couldn't really understand it, but there's people walking the halls of our schools calling themselves furries. I've never heard of such a thing, calling themselves furries. I said, what's a furry? He said, these are people who identify as dogs and they paint their face as a dog. They wear ears like a dog. They wear a tail like a dog and they're called furries. That's what they identify as furries. This is happening in our schools. This is what's cool. And then you have somebody pump propaganda into their minds, their spirits for, you know, 12 years. And you say, well, I watched that video. There's no way I'm ever giving up my meat. There's no way I'm ever giving up my, you know, I'm not going to stop owning things. I'm not going to just rent and be happy about it and, and everything and have stuff delivered to me by drone and not own anything. Okay. You might think that way. Hear me. You might, you might be 40 watching me. You might be 50 watching me. You might be 60 watching me. They're not focusing on you. They're not focusing on you. They expect you to be dead in about 20 years. That's what they expect. They want you to just go ahead and die because they're raising up their next generation. And the next generation that they're raising up are the ones that think the way they want them to think. So we're already raising a generation that doesn't own any of their own music. See, they, they, they start slowly. People used to have record collections. Then they had cassette tape collections that they owned them all. Then they had CD collections, but nobody has that now. They even used to have uh, MP3 collections, but what does everybody do now? They rent their music and they're happy about it. Cause you, you watch it on, you watch it on the video and you think that's nuts. Who's gonna, who would be happier with renting than buying? It's happening now. People are much happier to rent their music than to own any music. You can rent clothes now. Of course you can. You can rent car, other people's cars. You know, you look at things like, uh, what is it? Turo, Turo. You can rent other people's vehicles and you know, you'd rather Airbnb. You'd rather, you know, you'd rather rent a home. Dylan said nine out of 10 millennials say they would rather rent than buy a home. See, this is the thought process. This is, this is what's being ingrained in our children. It's the, what Klaus Schwab is calling the fourth industrial revolution. The fourth industrial revolution. Why own anything when you can just rent it all, lease it all? Why actually own anything? You see what I mean? And so what do you do? Let's put all the population, let's build these massive centers in cities sky rises full of what apartment complexes let's build these massive sky rises in these overpopulated cities of apartment complexes and let's jam everybody into these buildings do you know how controllable that is people don't they don't think like this people don't think like this you know how easy to control that is this none of this stuff is conspiracy theory None of this stuff is conspiracy there. They were doing it in other nations 
months ago. In Australia, they had those massive apartment complexes that everyone was locked inside and there were military at the bottom with machine guns and you couldn't come out. That's real life, my friends. That's real life. That's months ago. That's months ago. That's not like something like, oh, that's never going to happen. It's already happened within the last year. Huge apartment complexes were military at the bottom with machine guns and you can't come out because it's a pandemic. Of course, they'll, they're like getting very brash, Janet, openly telling their plans now. And so if you think that can't happen, it can happen. But look, I want you to look at the nations. <laughs> look at the nations where this is going on. These are nations that have already been disarmed for all intents and purposes. Look look in Australia. You can do that to that population. Look at Canada. You can do that to that population easily because they've already done it easily. They've already done it easily. You can do it because you can't have guns like that in Canada like we have in the United States, which leads me to the next one, number six, weapons. Look at any society before communism or a dictatorship takes over, you know what they do? They disarm the population. That's not, you know, my opinion. That's history. (laughs) That's history. That's history. Why do you think there's such a fight? Why do you think there's such a fight? I couldn't believe Alec Baldwin shoots the people on his own movie set flips the conversation, shifts the blame, and then is now fighting for, for stronger gun control. <laughs> it's like, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Alec Baldwin, you made the mistake. You shot the people. You're the producer of the movie. You hired the armory that brought the weapons on the... And you picked it up, and you didn't clear it, and you pointed it at people and shot them, and now you're shifting the blame and fighting for gun control. <laughs> It's like, you can't even make this stuff up anymore. You can't even make it up. But you understand what has to happen. They want to disarm the population. That's exactly what they want to do. Why do you think they're always trying? Every one of these liberal people that want this, so funny because even, um, yeah, of course it's what Hitler did. It's exactly what Hitler did. Mussolini. Go back and read through these stories. Um, there's, there's a guy that I've been following his YouTube channel for just a short period of time now. Um, he is an attorney, but he doesn't fit into anybody's narrative, it's which, which is what's funny. He's an attorney, but he's an African-American gun rights activist, and he works for the NRA and has a show on the NRA's channel. So people come at him, but they don't understand because he's so, so intelligent, so well-spoken. Even Bill Maher had him on to try to really hammer this. And he stood toe to toe with Bill Maher on um, his show and defended gun ownership, concealed carry, uh, AR-15s, all those different things, mind blowing. And Bill Maher really didn't have a ton to say because uh, Colion Noir is so well-spoken and of course he's an attorney. He sat there toe to toe and explained why. Like anybody that doesn't think that, 
Yeah, his name is Coleon Noir. That's right. Anybody that doesn't think that that stuff's not possible, look at nations around the world. Don't be so closed off to your nation. Look at nations around the world. There's a reason why some things can't happen in some nations. There's a reason why. And um, if you don't think that they want, say, why do you think there's such a fight for, you know, you look at the Constitution. Why do you think there's a, such a fight? Not only for the Second Amendment, for the First Amendment. There's a, in the last five years, there's been such a fight on the First and Second Amendment. It's mind-blowing. You know, this guy, if you've never heard of him, um, if you've never heard of him, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Dr. Jordan Peterson is a clinical psychologist from the University of Toronto um, who kind of had a, a quick rise to fame during all the stuff that was going on in Canada in the, in the province of Ontario. They were trying to pass a bill, and, and I, don't, I don't know if it passed. They were trying to pass a bill that would force speech on citizens of Ontario in regards to trans people. So it's not, they weren't passing a bill that said what you can't say because we already have hate speech laws in place. They were passing a bill on what you had to say. And he stood so hardcore against it because he was saying there's never been a time in English common law history where the government compelled speech. You, you can't make me say things that I don't want to say. And that's what the bill was doing. The bill was forcing citizens in Ontario to refer to transgender people by their preferred pronoun. But when you look at the rising list of pronouns and the rising list of genders that are being made up by people, and then you find out that if you don't say, you're compelled to say what they want you to say about them, you can be penalized for it. You can be fined or at the, at the very uh, most extreme end of the spectrum, jailed because you have not said what they're compelling you to say by, by government mandate. So if I don't say Zerzizazim when talking to somebody, then I can be penalized because I refuse to say what you want me to say. That's a whole nother level. So he stood against that and was, and was uh, standing for free speech, like truly free speech in Canada. But you notice that the same is, is going on in the United States, that there's this massive fight uh, against the First Amendment, free speech, freedom of speech, to say what you want to be able to say and not to be hampered for saying what you believe and saying what you want to say. I mean, how crazy is it that in Canada, just years ago, that as a preacher, as a pastor, you were penalized by the government for preaching against homosexuality. You were penalized. You got a warning, then you got a $10,000 fine, then you got jail time. Those were the three warnings. Warning, jail time was third, $10,000 fine was second. So think about that. Taking away your ability. Well, why would that be important to say what you want to say? And that's part of this indoctrination of this fourth industrial revolution of your children. You, do you realize that uh, the children that are coming up today, even Christian children, think it's wrong to say what the Bible says? 
Well, I don't understand. And there's people that are trying, that are falling away from the faith or modifying their faith, modifying their theology to a theology that is no theology because you don't define theology. You don't define God's principles and standards. He already defined them. We only obey them. So they're redefining their theology. We've got in the United States of America, we've got denominational churches that are ordaining homosexual pastors. How can we get to this place? The reason we can get to it is because once the culture can so set in on you and define what you think and define what you believe, it changes everything. I have people that have sent prayer requests say, would you please pray? I have young family members that are struggling with Christianity because they don't understand how God could be against two uh, monogamous gay people being together if it's truly love because God is love. So why would he ever stop two people from truly uh, and consensually engaging in what they believe to be true love? And so there's people that are, their faith is being shaken. And they'll even say, well, I know the Bible says it's a sin, but why? Why would God make it a sin if they're faithful to each other and if they truly love each other and if they want to live with each other and be with each other and marry each other? Because it goes against God's commands and his system. He sets the principles we don't. God defines what love is. God defines what marriage is. God defines what sin is and he defines what's holy. You understand? So when you have these, these principles being defined by people with an antichrist mind and an antichrist agenda, what do you think is going to happen? Of course, it's going to bend the thought process of a generation so that as they get older, what is this? We're harvesting thinkers. Here's, here's what people don't get. This is what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum does get that many people don't get. We think, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's a big deal because you're harvesting thinkers. So what does it mean when you harvest thinkers? The moment you harvest thinkers, you are harvesting the type of actions that you want to be brought out in society, right? Because if you get a whole population to think a certain way, If you get a whole population of people to think that Jews are filthy, Jews are dirty, Jews spread disease, Jews are subpar human beings, Jews shouldn't be allowed to live. What do you think you have happening? You have people that are just normal people that just begin to turn Jewish people into the government wherever they see them, that begin to abuse Jewish people, that begin to kill Jewish people and feel no remorse about it because they've had their minds completely twisted that this is what we believe. This is what these people are. What, how do you think the Holocaust happened? How do you think the Holocaust even happened? How do you think what Mussolini did happened? How do you think what Mao Zedong did happened? If you control the minds of a population, if you harvest thinkers, you've harvested actions. That's how it works. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. The Bible teaches these principles. We know that they're active principles. What you meditate on is what you'll become. What you meditate on is what you'll say. What you meditate on is what you'll do. That's why we set our minds on things above. That's all these things are biblical principles and they know it. So what's the key harvest thinkers in the fourth industrial revolution, which is the next generation. 
Why do you think we're taking active steps to fight against that? Which is what? Miracle Word Kids, Last Gen Ministry, all these things. We're, we, want, we want people to catch on fire from a young age. We want people to know the word from a young age. Why? We're harvesting thinkers. We want to disciple people into the place where they think like God thinks, where they think like the Bible teaches them to think. So that as they get older, even if they have been forced to go through public school, they're not brainwashed because we're teaching them how to think. We're teaching them how to think. Teaching them how to think. That's so important. Well, that's what Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum are doing. They're teaching a whole generation how they want them to think. Think like this, not that. Think about renting as better than owning. Think about vegetarianism and veganism as better than eating meat. Think, what are they doing? Harvesting thinkers. That's what they're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what discipleship is. We're showing you, here's God's standard. Here's why we believe it. Here's how we think. Here's how you should think. Paul would send Timothy into the churches and he said, go teach them how to live like I live. That's discipleship. That's discipleship. Go teach them how to live like I live. I wrote about that in the fasting book. Right, and, and Jessica brings up a great point on YouTube. It's not that universities, I just had a conversation uh, with my sister-in-law about this. She's a teacher, she's taught in universities, she's, uh, she's got her doctorate, she's an attorney. And she said, the biggest problem that I have now is that the universities are not teaching children how to think, they're teaching them what to think. And that's exactly true. That's a, they're not teaching critical thinking they're telling them what they should think. There's a big difference there. Big difference there. And kids are swallowing it hook, line, and sinker. Again, let me break that down. This is the danger. <laughs> and I, I, listen, I commend you if you're watching this or listening to this and you've chosen to homeschool your children. We have. We've chosen that path. And I know it takes work. My wife works hard. I don't do any of the work. For real. My wife works hard. But I commend you if you do that. It takes money and it takes time and it takes investment. I commend you if you send your kids to a Christian private school. Because at least, at the very least, they're not going to end up being filled with propaganda and being brainwashed by this world system. You got so many people coming out of high school, you can't even read. You can't read, but you, you know what you should think about sexual orientation. Now that, that right there should make you think. Here's something for you. I want you to think about this. An 18, 19 year old that has an entrepreneurial bent that wants to st start their own business. An 18, 19 year old cannot get a $10,000 business loan but they can get a $100,000 student loan. That should tell you everything you need to know about our society. Let me say that again. An 18, 19 year old can't get a $10,000 business loan to start their own business, but they can get a $100,000 student loan. That right there should open your eyes to the way society's pushing our young people. No, 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 don't start your own business, don't be productive, don't make money, don't become independent. Don't become independent. Go to one of our universities and let us tell you what to think. We'll show you how to live. We'll show you what to think. 
We'll show you what to do. So now you're bogged down once again, to my other point, financial dependency, and now you've got student loan debt, now you've got all the, and you can't even get out of it until you're 45 years old and are so entrenched in it, you can't make another choice. Because most people will not go against the grain and make another choice at 45 years old. Mildred's exactly right on Facebook. It all begins at home, but unfortunately, a lot of homes don't know the Lord, and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you, you can see the direction. The fourth industrial revolution, our children, the next generation, harvesting thinkers, harvesting actions. They, it, you, you realize this, don't you? It doesn't have to be a hard transition forcing people to do what they don't want to do unless they just first, if they'll just first teach the, the young people, this is what you want to do. Oh man. This is exactly, here's what's crazy. This is exactly what Huxley wrote in his book, A Brave New World, which is mind blowing because when you look at what he wrote about how society was functioning in a brave new world, they would raise up groups of people in society and they would constantly tell them that something about another group. This group is filthy. This group is dirty. We don't interact with this group. We don't marry this group. We don't do it, whatever. They're filthy. But then they'd say stuff about your group. And they, all, of the, all of the propaganda for the mind is this. It's something you ne- wouldn't normally want to do, but all the propaganda is, I like doing this. I like doing this. I like doing this. This is what I should be doing. This is what I like doing. And you notice it's the same thing going on now. And they just teach them from a young age what they should like and what they, here's what you should find appalling. How do you think that we got to the place where so many people are offended over everything. I haven't even got to seven yet. I haven't even got to seven yet, but Jody's right on the money, listing them all. Borders, medical dependency, financial dependency, destabilization of nations, industrial revolution of your children, weapons. But how do you think there's so many people offended about everything? You know why they are? They've been told they should be offended. Oh, that should offend you. What, what, when someone says this, you should be offended by it. People are, people are offended by stuff that's not even offensive. It's not even offensive. And people have just been told to be offended. Why? Because we're creating thinkers that will create doers. That's how it works. Let me give you the final one. It is this heavy ban on gatherings and travel. It's the final thing I'm going to talk about today before we pray. No, it's, it's true. Kristen, you're right. They've been doing this for quite some time. We're just now seeing it and realizing the sour fruit of their labor. I totally agree. You're totally right. But number seven, bans or control on gatherings and travel. Gatherings and travel. Facebook has really recently changed their corporation name to Meta. And they've created, or they're working on continuing to create something called the metaverse, a digital world that you can occupy. If you're not familiar with it, uh, Facebook releases a product called an Oculus. My son actually has one. It's, it's a 3D, you know, the headset, the goggles with the hand controls, and you can play games in, in full three-dimensional space. So apparently you can enter into this metaverse um, that they've created. It's a, you know, it's a whole second world world 
It's all a digital world. Uh, and apparently you can actually buy properties, homes in the metaverse. Now I've not verified this yet, but I've heard it from multiple people. You can Google it and see if it's true for yourself. They just sold the most expensive metaverse property ever for $9 million. Now you think about that. If it's true, you can buy virtual real estate. That's what I'm talking about, Dylan. Now, if that's, if that's really true, I want you to think about the fact someone paid $9 million actual dollars for a property that doesn't even exist except for in virtual space. I want you to think that. $9 million for a property that does not exist in virtual, except for in virtual space. <laughs> Ninja said, I will own Hyrule Kingdom on Metaverse. Somebody's a Zelda player. John Mana, how do I become a virtual realtor? Exactly. Exactly. So you, you started, yeah, fake paintings, now it's fake property. It's exactly right. So you start thinking about all these things that are happening. And what's nuts about it is if you look at, if you look at the, the bent, right? The bent is keep everybody at home. Are you seeing that? Keep everybody at home. Keep everybody out of society. Keep everybody on goggles. Keep everybody in a virtual world. Now that, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, did you ever watch the matrix? (laughs) Have, have no, have, has nobody ever watched the matrix before? Seriously. Has nobody ever watched that where there's just like the whole population was plugged into an alternate reality. I mean, don't tell me that nobody's thought of this. These people in the movie were all plugged in (laughs) to a virtual reality that they didn't know they were in until somebody unplugged them. (laughs) It's like, dude, it's like, dude. So you think about it. Well, exactly right. Kristen, they want to keep people from rising up against their fourth. And so, so what do you do? Look at what these other nations did throughout history. Distract. What do you distract people with? You distract people with entertainment. You distract people with sports. You distract people with hobbies. All of these other things. You give them just enough so that they're, you know, happy to stay out of it while the real stuff's going on. And so what do they want? They don't want people gathering together. They don't want people traveling anywhere in any way they want. Think about the fact. Now, now, again, I just, I'm giving you avenues. I'm just giving you avenues. I want you to think about it. Look at this push for electronic vehicles. Look at this push for electronic vehicles. Ford has actually said that I believe it's by 2025 or 2026, they will not have any gas vehicles in their lineup. Not any. Every Ford vehicle in just a few years will be totally electric. They've already released the electric uh, F-150. They've already released the electric Mach-E and they're going to continue 2025. It'll go through all their vehicles. So they won't have a gas powered vehicle. Tesla, you know, all these, all these companies starting to push these electric vehicles. Okay. Let me just say something to you about an antichrist control agenda. And this is not conspiracy theory because it was even before we had electric powered vehicles. My truck has OnStar. Okay. My, my truck has OnStar to the point that if I was in a bad accident, 
and my car caught on fire, they can shut the engine off remotely. I don't know if you knew that about OnStar. They can unlock your doors. They can lock your doors. If someone steals your car, they can tell you where it is. They can shut the engine off while the person's driving. They can lock the doors. They can call the authorities. All from OnStar. Now go a step further. With the ability of uh, these electric vehicles, what's to, st- what's to stop, right? What's to stop, and I'm just asking. I'm not, I'm not making all these uh I'm not making all of these, um, you know, wild claims or whatever, but what's to stop an agency of some kind to say to you, well, you've not paid your taxes yet, so we won't allow your car to be turned on until your taxes have been paid. You've not paid your child support. You've not been vaccinated. And until we have proof of vaccination, we're not allowing you to turn your vehicle back on. I mean, I want you to think about these things. We're not allowing you to drive your vehicle until you've gotten the mark of the beast. (laughs) I'm just giving you avenues. I just want you to see the avenues, right? Full control, because you can't just put gas in your car, turn it on and go wherever you want. I mean, in in technical reality, I couldn't do that now with the gas-powered car I have because of OnStar. And if they somehow got to the place where they didn't want me driving, they could shut the engine off. So, I mean, think about it. You say, well, these things can't happen. They're already in place to happen. They're already in place to happen. But they don't want people to be able to get around, do what they need to do, gather together. Today, a judge is ruling on my friend in Canada and his associate pastor in the they're ruling on the day for what? For gathering. They, 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 they said, all right, we won't gather inside. Now we're going to gather outside under a tent. And they're charging them for that. Charging them for that. So you think about it. They don't want us gathering. What do you think part of this was? Stay home. Wreck the economy. Stay home. Don't gather at church. Stay home. How are all of these other places essential except church? How are all these other places essential except for actually what was essential. And if you think about it, Jody, because Jody said on YouTube, I believe that's why we should speak in tongues more. It's a way to communicate with God without the evil one knowing what you're thinking, saying, because it's a heavenly language. They will one day know our thoughts. You know what's crazy, Jody? Is they don't have to know our thoughts because we've trained everybody in society to pump every thought they have into social media of some sort every thought they have goes right into social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, just gets pumped in. They're feeding the machine, feeding the beast. That's how they know what your children look like. That's how they know where you live. That's how they know what you like. It's how they know what you do. It's how they know what you buy. (laughs) Has anyone else been getting all of those ads of things that you just happen to randomly talk about? And they just somehow the next day or that night pop up on your phone and show you an ad of something you just talked about in the afternoon. I remember I was talking to my wife on speakerphone one time right before our church's harvest carnival. 
and, the, and we were talking back and forth as, and as I had her on speakerphone and I was scrolling through Instagram while we were talking and she was like, you know what Teddy would really like? Teddy would like to go to the Harvest Carnival in a, in a Spider-Man costume. We should find a way to get a kid's Spider-Man costume. I mean the next scroll after she said it. And we've never, we, we just decided, we'd never searched it online, wasn't in our cookies, wasn't in the web history. We, the next scroll was an ad for kids' Spider-Man costumes. I'm just telling you. We don't even have to tell them our thoughts. We're pumping our thoughts in. Do you realize Amazon has already... Yeah, I know that's true. People test it out, Dylan. He said, my wife and I said the same thing last night, all the pop-ups about what you talk about. There's some people that do it to test it. I saw a couple on YouTube that don't have a dog, never searched for dogs, never had any of that, but they do it to test it and say, they talk about, hey, when you go out, don't forget to go get the dog food, grab the dog food. Hey, you got to take the dog out. They don't have one. They're just testing it. All of a sudden, their phones start giving them all these ads for dog food and dog, dog stuff. Crazy, crazy. Amazon with their Kindle, or, or excuse me, their Alexa devices have already publicly said that they're listening in for, to give you a better customer experience. They analyze all the data back at their headquarters so that you can have a better customer experience. Now, Apple does the same, but they say that they don't take it back and analyze it, that it's encrypted and it stays on your device. Whatever. Whatever. But it's not like they're hiding these things. They're telling us. They're telling us they're doing it and people don't care. Zach said, last night, Tiffany said, I wonder if the Home Depot song is something that can be added to, my, to your story. I took my phone out and made a story and the number two recommended song was the Home Depot theme song. Insane. I'm sure you're right, Millie. Speak the word of God more. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. And so the key be, being this, the more data, see data is the most valuable currency that you can have now they, in their minds because they know the most about the population and what they can do with the population, control the population, right? And people need to understand that. That's exactly what it is. And so if you wonder, why, why does there need to be urgency? Why does there need to be urgency? Why do we need to do the work of God as quickly as possible? Yes, we need to do it as quickly as possible. Yes, we need the urgency. Jesus is coming back and we can see that the things are already in place. We can see that they're already in place. And so, uh, I encourage you, that's why I'm going to pray at the end because we're, listen, what we're doing in this ministry, what we're doing to press on, let me tell you one of the reasons I never stopped once through 2020 or through 2021, when there were plenty of other people canceling their plans, we never stopped. As you well know, the only month that we stopped was April and that was to build this studio out. That's it. From then on, it was nonstop week after week after week until December. This year, nonstop. <laughs> and we, we just now got back home. So let me tell you something. When everybody else was canceling their plans, when everybody else was stopping, doing it, we won't stop and are not going to stop because the urgency is in my spirit. Jesus is coming. We can't goof off and sit around. There are people that don't know Christ. There are people that are not ready to see Jesus. And so I'm not going to be one of those preachers that's canceling their plans. That's no way I'm going harder than I've ever gone and let the, the Lord do more through our ministry. Those of you connected with this ministry, 
Let me tell you something. You're connected to a ministry that refuses to quit. A ministry that's filled with urgency, filled with faith, ready to see God move in a way that we've never seen him move. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Jordan. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we're not stopping. And that's why I call you the victory tribe because we refuse to be defeated. We refuse to quit. We are victorious through Christ Jesus. And the boldness we're getting ready to step into for 2022, we've never seen this kind of boldness. We've never seen this kind of boldness. We're getting ready to be on another level, my friends. Get your faith ready. Get your faith ready. We're going to another place. We're going where we've never been. We're going to hold what we've never held. We're going to do what we've never done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Mike. Love you and Floriana. Let's pray. Father, I'm praying for every person in the Victory Tribe, those that are standing by faith, not the wishy-washy Christians, not the ones that are sitting on the fence, not the ones that are doubting your word, those that are pressing in by faith and expecting the fire of God to move in this generation. I pray today that you would fill us right now with a boldness that would not even blow just the people of this generation, might blow our minds. Let us hear ourselves saying things we never thought we'd say. It's like, man, that come out of me? Yes, a supernatural boldness, a super. Now, Lord, not only that, give us an urgency like we've never had. Let it build in our spirit and our belly a burden for this generation, a burden for the lost like we never, ever have had. Let it go to another level, a hunger for your word and for your spirit like we've never known. Put us on another level of faithfulness, Lord. I pray that we do more for your kingdom in 2022 than we have in the previous five years in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for that, Lord. We give you praise. Now, Lord, we're praying for those that are under an attack right now. I take authority over it. Father, we lift up Pastor Mike Hankins right now in Texas. This attack that just came upon his life, we rebuke it in Jesus' name. Listen to me. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray in the Holy Spirit right where you're watching this or listening to this. We're praying for a wonderful man of God, Pastor Mike Hankins, and the enemy tried to attack his body. And he recently took a fall on top of that, and he's back in the hospital. But we're praying right now and believing God that healing is quickly coming to his body. Father, we take authority over every attack that was sent against Pastor Mike's body. We rebuke it. Lord, send healing virtue now. Make him whole. Make him whole. Fill him with strength. Fill him with the anointing right where he's at. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. And I pray, Lord, that it would be such a speedy recovery that even the doctors would be amazed. They'd be amazed when they see what you're doing in his body. I pray for his family. I pray you give them peace and peace and strength and encourage them. Encourage them. Let their spirits be stirred up to victory. In Jesus' wonderful name. Those that are watching and listening that need a touch in their body, Lord, touch them today. Touch their families by the power of your spirit. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. You are worthy of all praise, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Now remember, what I'm challenging you to do, this is a week that we're believing God to sow a seed that we've never sown before. Carol and I are about to do it. Biggest one we've ever sown at the end of the year, ever. We're gonna continue that pattern. I want you to be introspective. What is the Lord speaking to you to do? What kind of a seed is God speaking to you to sow? We're talking urgency today. That's what we're talking about. We are going to invest ourselves 
into the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're invested in the work of the kingdom. And for those of you, if you're not partnered with this ministry yet, let me encourage you to partner with this ministry and stand with us. There's no better way to spend your money in the last days than to connect it with what God's doing on the earth. And so let me encourage you at the end of this year, and I know we've got Christmas and I know we've got the new year and all the things that are happening, but let me challenge you to put God first. If you put him first, he'll put you first. When you put God first, he puts you first. And I'm encouraging you to sow a seed like you've never sown. What's going to move God's hand? What's going to move your faith? Don't do something that doesn't take faith. Do something that takes faith. Why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. On the screen, you can see the website, miracleword.com. There's also digital ways to give, as you know. Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, cryptocurrency, hashtag donate. There's many ways. They're all listed on the website too. Even if you'd like to mail a check, the address is at the bottom of every page of our website. You can always find that there. But do something that the Lord's telling you to do and watch what he'll do on your behalf. I'm believing that 2022 is going to blow all of our minds financially, blow our minds. Increase like we've never seen. And for those of you that are partnering with us in the month of December, we're going to be sending you Pastor Mark Hankins. This is the brother of the pastor that we just prayed for. That was Pastor Mike Hankins. This is Pastor Mark Hankins. And uh, we're going to be sending you his book, Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural. Pastor Mark Hankins, powerful book, powerful man of God. And those of you that are standing with us in partnership, that's our gift to you in the month of December. Of course, if you're sowing $1,000 or more, we're going to send you a signed genuine leather life application study Bible. And then of course, at $5,000 or more this month, we're sending you something called the elite study collection. It's filled with what I believe to be some of the best Bible study tools over a hundred thousand notes on scripture, uh, written by Bible scholars. It will stir your faith and open your eyes to things you may have never seen before. That's our gift to you for those sowing $5,000 or more. And we say, thank you ahead of time for standing with us before Jesus comes. Uh, don't forget, we have brand new kids content, brand new youth content uh, on the podcast, on the app. Uh, sign up, grab it. Also, the brand new magazine is getting ready to ship out to you guys. And it's the biggest edition we've ever released. We've got powerful articles to start your year right. And if you've not signed up to receive our magazine, I want you to go to miracleword.com forward slash live, sign up to receive it quarterly. And those of you that are overseas will also get a digital copy. Uh, everybody has access to the digital copy, which you'll get uh, when it releases as well. So it's going to be a great one. Don't miss it. I love you guys so very much. I'm ready to come back to Texas, Ninja. I love the Victory Tribe. I love spending time with you guys. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, I'll be back with you again in the morning. Have a powerful day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.